Neyland Stadium, University of Tennessee, Knoxville. I turned the doorknob of the osteology lab, or rather tried to, and was surprised to find it locked. Normally by eight, Miranda was long since settled at her desk in the bone lab. A half-empty Starbucks cup going cold, her eyes riveted on her computer screen as her fingertips danced and her keyboard clattered, opening some new window on the virtual world she navigated with such speed and confidence. As I unlocked the steel door and opened it, I scanned the lab's interior. The lights were off, but the front of the lab was fairly bright thanks, or no thanks, to the Venetian blinds stretching across the front wall. Their metal slats kinked and broken in half a hundred places, allowing thin spokes and broad beams of the October morning sun to slant across the lab. The rays luminous, and all but tangible in the lab's dusty air. I still half expected to see Miranda, if not at the desk, then possibly deep in concentration at one of the work tables, studying some fractured fibula or shattered skull. But the room was empty, devoid of living humans at any rate, though it contained gracious plenty of dead ones thousands of Arikara Indian skeletons that my students and I had exhumed during a series of summer expeditions to the Great Plains, excavating one step ahead of rising reservoir waters. The Arikara were neatly packed in sturdy, corrugated boxes shelved like thousands of library books with spines of bone. The remains should have been returned to the Arikara tribe for reburial on dry tribal lands, and indeed would have been, as required by the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act of 1990, except for a single insurmountable obstacle. There no longer were Arikara tribal lands, decimated by multiple epidemics of smallpox, a contagion spread by white traders and settlers, the dwindling Arikara had been assimilated by the Mandan and Hidatsa tribes, back in the 1800s. And so it was through an odd confluence of river hydrology, civil engineering, field archaeology, and viral epidemiology that the primary legacy of the Arikara Indians, Native Americans, who had helped Lewis and Clark on the first stage of their epic expedition to the Pacific Northwest, resided beneath the south end zone of Neyland Stadium the University of Tennessee's shrine to college football. The Arikara inhabited the back of the room, a vast, dark complex of shelves that marched row upon row toward the underside of the stadium's concrete grandstands. I generally gave them no thought, but occasionally, at moments such as this, when the university was still half asleep, the bone lab still deserted and quiet, I could almost believe I heard the whispering spirits of the vast tribe of Arikara dead. The hairs on the back of my neck prickled, and with a deep breath to refocus my attention, I turned toward the front of the lab. This part of the room was high-ceilinged and bright, its rows of work tables illuminated by the large glass-fronted exterior wall. Atop the tables were old-style cafeteria trays, each tray laden with skulls, ribs, mandibles, vertebrae, pubic bones, arm bones, hand bones, foot bones, or some combination thereof. 
giving the room the look of a skeletal spare parts shop. Hey, I need me a left tibia. I imagined a one-legged customer hopping in and saying, Y'all got any of them? Loads, my salesman self would answer. What making model you aiming for? The customer would look down at the stump of his leg, making sure he got the specifications right. And 1963 male, about six foot one. You're in luck, I'd say. Got one, good as new, never broken. Installation not included. My imaginary spare parts sale was interrupted by a series of three dull thuds just outside the door, each thud punctuated by a curse. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. I turned and opened the door just in time to see a two-foot stack of books teetering wildly in the overloaded left arm of my assistant Miranda.